Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Well... Here we are, episode 150. What a journey it's been so far. Believe me when I say I only love this more and more every single episode. I'm so grateful to have found my true passion and I'm even more grateful for all the support from episode one through 150. So thank you so much to everybody that's helped me get to this point. Now I knew the guest for episode 150 needed to be a special one and I'm so excited to have my dear friend Alex Kislov on to fill that spot. Now, Alex actually came on the show for episode 60 and did an interview with our friend RV Mala, but that was in March 2019. Feels like an eternity ago, but Alex has been killing it ever since, and we had so much to catch up on. In episode 150, we discussed 2020 thoughts. As a top DJ producer in Chicago, Alex's life and livelihood was flipped upside down. Being the optimistic and creative man that he is, Alex was able to find new ways to continue growing his brand and contribute to the Chicago music scene in many ways. We also talked about his discography from 2019 through 2020. Alex made huge strides with his production over the past couple of years, releasing tracks like I Party, Sometimes with Orville Klein, Nimbus, and Shining with Kellen Fassini, which actually had an incredible music video to go along with it. You guys have got to check it out. It is so well done. Shout out to Marcus Aubin, the director as well. Now, I do have to mention, he just officially joined forces with RV Mala and released a track called Iron Eyes under their new moniker, Ma Love. And it was such a blast getting Alex's perspective and direction on Ma Love. If you remember, I had RV on actually about three months ago and he gave us his insight on Ma Love and the goals for the future as well. Now, of course, talked about Alex's future plans. His most recent release, Nimbus, gives you a taste on what he's been making in the studio recently, and it takes a new direction in comparison to his house productions. He showed me some unreleased music before our interview, and it was some really powerful stuff. We cannot wait for the world to hear it. Alex is someone who I admire in many different ways, more than I can count, honestly. Before we started, he literally made me change my outfit and put on a blazer. He said, you don't look good enough for episode 150, Sherm. Sometimes only your true friends know what is best for you. This was such a fun interview, and I know you will all enjoy it as much as we did. Thanks for coming on and sharing this moment with me, Alex. You're the man. Let's get into it right now, guys. This is episode 150 with Alex Kislov. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Sherman the Booth, episode 150 with yours truly. Yes. How you guys doing yes. out there? Episode 150, baby. Man, it's a pleasure to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Good you to for see joining you. us. Mr. Good to see you. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and for the introduction. Well, thank you for having me. Such a you know, monumental episode, I would say. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. My man. 
Feels good to be here. The certain improvement from last time, definitely. 150 episodes. Let's just take a second. If I've done 150 episodes, and it's been over four years, I've had at least 140 guests on. Four years? Yeah, just over four years. I've had at least 140 it, like separate interviews with people, at least 130 different people, probably 10 repeats or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and I are included. I mean, I got to say, real quick, before we get started, there's not a lot of other people that I'd have on the show again, other than you, my man. And I'm really, really glad that you're here because, like I said, this is a special episode. Yes, yes, it is. Thank you for having me on such a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Alex and I have been hanging out before we got on camera. And uh, he actually made me change my outfit. Yeah, this is, a, again, monumental episode. I mean, that's some really good friend shit right there, man. Like, I, <laughs> like that's not just like, hey, well, I'm coming over. How do you feel? I feel like this is what I should always wear. Mm, maybe not always. Save maybe not. My how episode. do I, how do yeah. <laughs> That might be a little much. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. You do look good. You look, uh, what's the word? Schnazzy. Schnazzy? Is that the word? Yeah. Is schnazzy a little Yiddish? I would say so. It's got a little shh in there, you know? A little shush? Yeah. Do you, do you ever speak Yiddish? No, never, actually. Did anybody in your family ever? My grandparents, maybe. My grandparents did, too. Yeah. My grandmother used to call me uh, Tata and Tatala. Tatala? Yeah, you know Tatala? Uh, no. You don't know Tatala? No, I was never called Tatala growing up. <laughs> maybe that's like a East Coast Jew thing. Maybe. Like a New Jersey kind of thing, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Jersey, New York. Yeah. Where are your parents from? Uh, Ukraine, actually. My mom and my father are both from a lovely, illustrious, grand city of Kiev. Kiev. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's why electronic music is kind of deep rooted in you, though. Oh, yeah. It's like, I grew up with that, pretty much. Were you born in Kiev, too? No, I was born in Israel. That's what I thought. Yeah. Did I you ever go back to Kiev? I did, actually. I did visit Kiev. I've, I did a whole, like, I played a few shows out in Ukraine. Did you? Yeah, Kiev and, and uh, Lviv. How fucking good were those shows? It was amazing. It was a good time. Different, a uh, whole different lifestyle out there, you know? Yeah, obviously. It's no, no America, right? No. They take the music seriously there. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, but they do, they do the same here. It's just, uh, again, it comes down, I think, socioeconomically, like how they treat going out. It, tell me more. That's interesting. In Ukraine, I guess I would say, like, in America, it's a lot easier to... I don't want to say everybody makes easy money here. You know, money doesn't come easy, but it's easier to kind of make a living in the United States. Yeah. And so going out is a little more looser. You get to do it more often. Whereas yeah. in, like, Ukraine or I would say Israel or any really country that's not maybe the United States. Yeah. They have a different mentality. Going out is more like, okay, this is my time to be with... My friends, I don't have a lot of this time. It's right. It's such a precious time that they really um, place a lot of emphasis on it. Make the most of it. Yes. Exactly. They really do. They make the most of it. And when did you move to the United States? Uh, I want to say I was 11 years old. And I remember Arvi told me he didn't speak English when he moved to the United States. Did you? No, I didn't. I, so you both didn't? No. I moved here in the beginning of, like, end of fifth grade. 
and I had to go to ESL pretty much right away, middle Holy school. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Did you speak any English growing up? I know, like, a lot of times... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreigners learn from dog. cartoons. I knew you how to say you cat. You say dog and cat, cat dog. <laughs> how do you do, you know? <laughs> Did you say it like that yeah, with exactly a hand? With the how do you do? <laughs> Where the fuck is this guy from, Kiev? Yeah, no, from Israel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Same shit to an American, huh? Uh, I mean, depends which American you talk to. That's true. I respect the culture. Yeah. Well, you know, you know. Well, so, I mean, it helps that you're a East Coast Jew, kind of understand Israel. East Coast Jew it. blood. I know you guys are the, the real thing. Yeah. I don't know. Israels are, we're different. Yeah. We're not here to talk religion. No, I know. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. This is what happens when. <laughs> it always happens to us. <laughs> I know. We hang out. I had a good time hanging out with you before, though, and that's why I'm really excited to have you on today, Me man. too. I've been looking forward to this. I mean, you are someone that I've looked up to in so many different ways for a long period of time now. Even before I met you, you know, the last time you were on the podcast was, it'll be next month, it'll be two years, right? And some of the time leading up to that, mm -hmm. I had met you in RV. I remember the first time I met you, actually. It was at Prism on a Monday night. So we were talking about before when... You know, we used to do things to make connections, get shows, mm -hmm. and those are really important times to go through, but I remember when I first met you, I got to prison really early, 10 p.m. maybe, like... Really? Dude, it was a Monday night, I got a job. A Monday at 10? You weren't, you were oh, there, yeah, 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 yeah. it was like I'm a right, GLC right. takeover or something. Right, right, right. right. Arvi says, meet me there, classic Arvi. Classic Arvi. He's there, but then he immediately leaves, and I'm like... You left on a Monday? Well, like, he was like, I gotta go do something or whatever. Right. On a he was like walking around the club. I don't. I don't yeah, exactly. That sounds. That sounds more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he says, "Hey, how you doing?" I have to go do something. I gotta go do something. And he went to the bar to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> but I was so glad because I think you actually weren't originally gonna be able to come, and then you came, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's Alex Kislev." Really? I literally did say that to myself. Nice. All right. And right when I started talking to you, immediately got along with you. I was like. I'm pretty sure he's Jewish because usually this happens when I meet other Jewish guys, yeah, yeah. right? It's like a little energy, something. Yeah, yeah, there's a little the something little we gotta know. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm the Jew, right? <laughs> yes. But it's just so cool because I feel like in the music industry, for people like us that are really going for this, this is what we want, right? We develop a connection very quickly because there's that understanding of we're here for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now, hanging out with you now, having you on episode 150, it just means a lot to me, man. It means a lot to me, too. I'm also, I'd love to say, you know, since we're here, that I'm very proud of everything you've been doing. Thank you. I've been keeping very close watch. And, yeah. Uh, I think you're uh, elite podcaster is what I would, what I would classify you in my book. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear that? Episode 150. That's <laughs> right. We got to keep calling out just in case they forget. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. Thank you. And you're in very high spirits. We did a lot in 2020 together, which I'm really, really glad about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we filmed a what, live stream TV show. GLTV. GLTV. That was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, just because of the community that watched, the, everybody that was involved. And that was the brain of Alex Kislov. I just want people to know, like, that was his idea. It didn't lift off, so it's not that, not that. <laughs> so it is the brain of Alex Kislev. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was I've always had like a passion for filming or just overall producing. Yeah. And uh, to be here, let me join you really quick. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> happy happy episode one fifty. <laughs> every time I drink, you drink, and every yeah, time you drink. Every okay. time I we gotta do it. Um, this is gonna be a long one, folks. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. 
We're talking about GLTV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always had a passion, actually, for, like, directing and producing. Yeah. And so the idea just kind of sparked. I was in Austin, Texas. And, yeah. And um, I was like, why don't we use live stream instead of, like, filming ourselves in our basements doing a DJ set that no one's watching? Why don't we do something where all of our friends who are artistic get involved? And, and That is how you this. sold it to me. Yeah. And you didn't have, I didn't have to do much selling, though. You no. I mean, that is, like, my calling. Yeah, well, when I said, hey, we need a host live, and you were like, oh. I'm familiar. Yeah. I had so much fun, man. You were the best, though. You kept that show together, man. <laughs> Seriously, all the chaos that was happening? Yeah, it was a good time. I, I, I really, like, learned to just kind of work through obstacles with that stuff because it was so chaotic, right? But it was we so chaotic. We still did it. Hey, it was a bunch of, like artsy-fartsies, like, getting together, putting their art on camera, on live stream, and then figuring out all the technology. I mean, none of us knew what we were doing, but... No. Shout out to Stu, though. Yes, yes. Stu Grubbs, live stream. Live stream. That was single-handedly, like, our saving grace for the show. That was so much fun. But that was great, and I hung out with you a lot in 2020, which I was really happy about. We got drunk a lot. (laughs) We did. But, like I said, you're in high spirits right now, and it is... Pretty inspiring considering how tough of a year it was for musicians, for DJs, for anyone really that's an artist at all, right? Mm-hmm. You've released a lot of music. You have are in a great relationship. You're happier than ever before, at least in my eyes, from when I've met you. And okay. I, I, I mean, at least like how you're coming off to me. You know what I mean? You're that's optimistic. Good. You're hopeful for the future. You're going on this awesome boat trip. You're pursuing new passions. He's filling all of my stories out. I haven't said any cons yet, okay? I'm allowed to say you have a girlfriend because you do love her. Yes, yes, I do. I do have a lovely lady. You want to give her a shout out? I do. Shout out to Elizabeth Mesh. Elizabeth uh, is the designer for Alex as well. Yes, yes, she picked the outfit today. <laughs> she told me I can't come here. I'm here to. Like like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just embarrassing you over and over again. But it's for okay. real. How was 2020, all things considered, now that you're sitting here now in February? Well, you know, it's, um, I can't pinpoint it to one feeling or one word. Sure. It was definitely a roller coaster, and I know a lot of people can share that. There's yeah. ups, there's downs. I'll say this, um, you know, from, from a blessing perspective, like, it was a very good year for me to kind of just take a, take a little, you know, take my hand off of the gas. Yeah. Take my hand on the brakes a little bit. Yeah. As far as, like, the big picture of what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, I, um... I started writing a lot more music. I started really engaging into my music more, kind of really defining what Alex Kislov is. Yeah. But then I also explored some other passions of my own, you know, like I love to sail. And so I took sailing lessons. And uh, as, as we were saying earlier, like I'm, yeah. I'm in a few weeks from now, I'll be sailing from St. Martin to Turks and Caicos mm-hmm. as one of the boatsmen, like I like the, I forget the name of it at the time, like somebody that works on the boat. <laughs> The deckhand. The deckhand, yeah. yes. I, I never remember that word. So I'll be a deckhand on this cruise ship going on. Unbelievable, though. Seriously. It's exciting. I mean, I think now that I've been continuing to do the podcast throughout 2020 and 2021, I had a really unique perspective of what it's been like to be an artist. Every time I ask that question, it's almost the same but entirely different for everybody, right? I think, again, the people that I have on the show are people that are in this for the long haul. They're people that believe in themselves, that are making music, that want a career in this. So they're not going to say, I'm giving up. Right. You can't. There's no such thing. Exactly. Like, if you really want it. And, and you, we kind of talked about this earlier, too, yeah. where you said it, this pandemic kind of really weeded out the people that were just doing it as a hobby or yep. somebody that realized how much more effort is required to actually 
make it, you know? A lot of effort. Yes. And more effort than ever. I'd say if, you know, you could do many things and be good at them, but not the best. Yep. But if you want to be the best, you got to do one thing and be the best at it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think, like you said, we are seeing kind of the industry stripped down to the core. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I had a good conversation with Gianni Blue about this, right? And I think it still applies. So much of the business is business, right? There's music business and there's the entertainment industry. Right. And when the DJ business is mostly the entertainment industry, right? When we get a lot of our income, if this is your career from touring, you don't make a lot of money off label releases. Mm, you talk about royalties. Royalties, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends. You could get lucky and then you, you're hitting a million streams. That's true. You know? But more than likely, that's not going to happen. You know, yeah. like your streams aren't going to right away hit. Exactly. A million, five million, ten million, you know. Exactly. And that's where the money is, is in the millions. It's not in the thousands, five, fifty thousand. millions. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of money that has go into that. And we talked well, about that yeah, too. Well, yeah. A lot of people actually don't realize that, like, aside from, okay, you can make an incredible track. And you can be a really good DJ. Yeah. And you got an awesome picture on Instagram. And mm -hmm. Your branding is great. But, um, and it's something that I've learned recently more. It's like, how you've got to invest in your own brand. Yep. You know, you've, you've got to put the money in to, to put the product that you want it to turn out to be. Mm -hmm. Whether it be photo shoots, whether it be videos, music videos. Yeah. You know, like, and that stuff costs money. So It does. That's kind of something I wish I knew, like, coming in, like, how much money it's really going to cost to do everything. Because <laughs> I would have planned differently. But nonetheless, it's, it's all part of the learning process. Yeah. Well, I still think what you've been able to do and continue to build is really special and i hope you're proud of yourself thank you i have to thank my relationships for that you know it's yeah. the people that i've met and just kind of finding the places to fit them in the right time yeah well said it's all about timing in life isn't it, it truly is it yeah. truly is and and who told me this somebody told me a long time ago and, and this person said you're riding on a train and the door opens at every stop mm -hmm. you come out or do you wait for the next stop? Is it going to be better? Mm. And he says, at the end of the day, is that you just have to remember you have to get out and do what you got to do or yep. wherever you need to go. Yeah. You can't keep waiting for the next opportunity. You got to take yours. Absolutely. I like that. It's inspiring. Thanks. Good. That's yeah. good. That's episode 150 talk. We've been saving really good quotes <laughs> for this. We should write them down. I hope you, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Suzette, can you maybe do this one in the air? Yeah, right I listen to the subtitles. You're riding on a train. <laughs> You get off. The door opens. <laughs> Don't get off on Damon. Hey, let's cheers while we're at it, too. Yeah, right? yeah. Hey, yeah. Episode 150. That's right. That. All right. Uh, listeners out there, free, feel free to uh, grab a drink of your own. Uh, we encourage. We encourage that. Maybe make a drinking drinking game out of this episode. Ooh, you and I always end up doing drinking games for some reason. I think, yeah. You, my drinking is usually every question I ask to take a sip, so it's pretty fun for me. I'm going to fix this mic. Yeah, it's adjustable. Is it is it better if I talk? How does it feel? You can do anything you want here. No, this is perfect. Is uh, it okay here? I think it's good. Okay, well, great. Check it's like a buddy to my shoulder, you know? Levels look good. <laughs> levels look really good over here for my... I like good levels, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about Avicii levels. Hey, that's literally where, where that came from. You just picked up what I put down. That's another quote, episode 150. <laughs> you just picked up what I put down. I'm writing it the wrong way, actually. <laughs> Because when you look at the camera, it has to go right to left, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, exactly. You know what you should do? You are a director. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's in my heart. You know, I think I got it from my mom. But what you should do yeah. is have an episode where you're getting interviewed. Yeah? Episode 200. Okay. I'd love to be the one that interviews you. You know, a lot of people have said that to me a lot. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 They want to interview me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, you got a lot to say. You're also a good talker, you know? Yeah. 
For sure. So tell us how it makes you feel. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was more of a psychiatrist, but <laughs> a little bit here. I do. I do conduct conduct psychiatry. Yeah. In one way. No, or your face got very serious. I'm just feeling guys. Yeah, you got to relax all your muscles in your face. It's tough. Is that like a podcasting thing that you like? No, 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 no. Oh. So I don't think that Sherman does. I'm not so cut and dry. I don't follow that shit. There's no rules for me. Good. Good. That's another thing. There's no rules for me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have as good of a time. I mean, on that note, like, the only thing I want to do is have fun. That's like literally it. And yeah. I want to ask questions that people have never been asked before. And I want to give people the perspective on artists that they love. And I want to give those artists, most importantly, special experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've said it time and time again, really, obviously like a big following and people listening to the show is, is of course important to building this. It's a business at the end of the day. It's a business at the end of the day. Absolutely. But when I really think about it on my old rocking chair, on the day I die or whatever it is, right? I'm going to think about the conversations that I had with the people that I love, mm. not how many retweets or how many plays or how many likes. The content. The content, exactly. Like, what fills me up? And right. that's conversations. That's a good question, too. That is a psychological question, too. Yeah. Like what fills me up, you know? That is a good one. Yeah. What fills you up? Well, there's three buckets, they say, right? There's yeah. the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. Right? Yeah. A lot of people often confuse spiritual with like religion or anything and right spiritual really has to be with what your question is what fills that spiritual part of you yeah you know yeah to me it's chasing my dreams you know i think spiritually i, I feel happy maybe the energy that you're feeling is that i'm i'm truly like I'm, i mean i'm scared shitless all the time because you never know if you're gonna make it of course but at the same time i'm blessed and i feel good that i am following something that i did for myself that no one else really gave to me you know i love that it's like you you said something really powerful earlier. I don't even know if you realize it. I think you did because it was so fucking good. I want to do something that my dad didn't buy for me or that my mom gifted to me right. or that my girlfriend gave to me or that my friend did for me as a favor. You want to do something that you did all on your own. Sure, yeah. you're going to get help, right? But it was never given to you all the way. Well, support's always good. But you're right. You're right. You're totally right. This yeah. was something that I built for myself, you know? Yeah. And that's... That's something to be proud of. Anybody, anything you do, really, doesn't yeah. matter whether, you know, it, it was, whether even if it was given to you and it was passed on, but you're good at it and you do it well and you continue to push that passion. Yeah. That, that fills you spiritually, in my opinion. I love that. That, that, that is something that I really resonate with there, Alex, honestly. Yeah. I think that's why we're friends. That, definitely. Let's drink to that, my friend. Cheers. We're going to have to get a refill. <laughs> good thing I, we can edit this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Or it's going to cut and we're going to be backfilled again. Episode 150. Mm. <laughs> Episode 150. Now, we are here to talk about you. Yes. Yes, I guess we are. We're going to go off on a tangent again. That's okay. But I really want to run through your music since we've last talked or had you on the show. Like okay. I said, you and Arby were, were on for Episode 60. I thought it was 69, but I'll take 60. It's 69 in our hearts. Sorry, I just knocked your microphone. That's okay. It's, it's flexible. Episode 60, bro. That was a long time ago. 3-26-2019, okay? Wow. Almost, almost two years. Yeah. Seems like a short time, but a lot has happened. Right after St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Right after St. Patrick's Day. Good job with the dates there. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, well, that's usually how I classify <laughs> that's my months. totally. Oh, it's What it's, holiday? What is it? It's May? Oh, Spring Awakening's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. It's, it's, 
It's August. August. Oh wait, North Coast. Or yeah, something. that's yeah. right. Yeah, I love that. I do the same thing. Honestly. Right. So y- you release a lot of music since then, right? So 2019, we're gonna go through some of the releases, and obviously 2020 was huge year. But I wanted to kind of cover 2019 because when I was running through all these, a lot of the influences and just style that you did in 2019, it's a really good comparison to the direction you're going now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We'll let we'll let you explain for yourself. But we got a tech house smacker with movement. Okay. Yep. Underrated track in my opinion. Big rolling bass line. This is some Solardo main stage shit. You got some really dope fills. FX. The song progresses as well. It's not just like a cut and dry tech house track, right? When you were making this track, was it like how long until you released it? Because you were obviously in like a tech house yeah. phase when you yeah, well, produced this track. Yeah, well, there's a really good reason for that. Yeah. Um, I literally wrote Movement after I went to Movement. In yes, there we go. There yeah. we go. Yeah, and that was my first time in Movement Detroit. And I was like, wow, they do make uh, adults playground for people that like us that only love house music, you know? Yeah, shout out to Movement, man. That oh, was, it was my favorite festival. Awesome fest. I was super inspired, very energized in the tech world, you know? Like oh, that, yeah. That rolling bass line, like you said. At the time, Fisher just released that one track, the massive hit that he just had. Losing it? Yes. And, uh, you know, I saw Fisher, obviously, but I saw so many different styles of that mm-hmm. genre. And I just kind of went home, and I'm like, okay, let's write something that fits movement, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where it came about. I used a vocal, like a little sample, Aphrodite, God of Sexual Desire, you know? I was going to ask you the vocals. Yes, yeah, that's literally, I can't remember exactly where I got it, but it's, it's a pretty popular sample from like, uh, I think I've heard it in another song. Well, you did a good job of making it unique, at least. Thank you. Because that's kind of, you know, it's you want to be as original as you can, especially with... Well, it's not, yeah, it's not exactly the voice. You always exactly. want to edit things, you know? But also, look at production. Like, you're not reinventing the wheel. Somebody already played the six-string guitar. Someone already has, what is it, 88 keys, right? Yeah. Someone's already played 88 keys. The goal isn't to reinvent the wheel, uh, but invent the wheel in a shape that's different than what it was invented like before. Episode 150. Episode <laughs> <laughs> That was really good. I'm glad that you got inspiration from that. And we could probably do a whole episode on movement, but absolutely <laughs> incredible. That, that festival changed my... Hopefully it happens this year. Me too. Yeah, I totally agree. It changed my... That festival changed my perspective on uh, house and techno culture. Definitely. And everybody there is wearing black and is super cool. It's a thing. It's a techno <laughs> thing. You know? It is so dope. Okay, so movement. Thank you. Love that track. That's on the USB, FYI. No, you play that. I do. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Nice. Good. I'm glad to hear it. That's good. I like it. I, it always it makes me feel good to hear like my friends or you know, artists that I'm, I'm much more close to in the city, yeah. right? Are playing my music. That is like a huge honor almost, you know? It's uh, Absolutely. It's very um What's the word I'm looking for? It's um, humbling. Humbling is it, but it's so oh, like I feel complimented. You know, I feel yeah, like, acknowledgement a little bit. Yeah, right? I guess in a sense. Well, there's a lot more of a difference than sharing the song on Instagram and tagging you and buying or downloading and adding it to the USB and playing it in sets, right? Right. And flattery. It, flattery is the word I'm looking flattery, for. It's yeah. Flattering. You know. Well, I mean, you make good music, man. Thank you. Now, next up, though, this one is actually my personal favorite so far. That's oh. released. I party. Okay. I really like this one because it's it, honestly. I feel like you're still inspired off movement shit because this is like a massive fucking boom, kick. Boom, 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 boom. I party like a rock. Yeah, I mean, dude. So, so this is Go Girl by Pitbull, right? 
I so I don't think originally Pitbull was the one that made those vocals. Where did you get these? Because again, I, mean, I found it. I found a sample. I have a whole library of samples that I've just collected over the years. But it brought places. the song together. Yeah, it really did. You yeah. know, so I actually started with those vocals. Party like a rock star. Okay. Like a, you know, and uh, and I I was still writing. You're right. I was still writing that tech house wave. The sets that I was playing at the time were still very much like harder. But this was a big. Tech house. Yes. Well, if, does that exist? Is that a genre? Well, I don't know. I'm trying. I've been trying. Big group tech. Dude, I've been trying to define these genres within tech house because like, there's house, there's tech, rolling, there's bass. tech house, there's rolling, there's jack and house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Almost what you have to do is compare it to a certain artist, a producer, and I party really is like loco dice to me a little bit. Okay. Okay, that's the first time I hear that, but that's awesome. That's, you know, that's kind of good like, to at least, like, a direction that it's heading Like, in. it's, it's like, I'm not getting whomped, but it's hard. Does that make sense? Whomped. Like. Episode one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's a good thought right there, yeah. <laughs> whomped is like, it hits you in the face, kind of. Yes, exactly. So, I definitely, like, my, my writing on that one, I, I was going for more of a big a room. You know, because I wanted to play... Actually, I think when I was writing it, it was right before we were going to do the Lala party. I can't remember. This one came out sometime in the summer of 2019, if I have it correctly. Right. So I'm trying to think, but there was there was an event that I was writing it for. It was kind of like, okay, I want to play this at this event. Oh, okay. I love that. You know, I can't remember the event, though, but obviously I remember the, the writing process of the song. Gotcha. And so, like, we, we knew it was going to be a big room. We right. knew there was going to be a lot of people, and I wanted to write something that really kind of brought a solid energy but it was mine not someone else's you know absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head there well, thank you and then you fucking hit the nail on the coffin and laid, laid me down bro Let's put me to rest put it all in there love that track great work thank you and also too i wanted to know this one like compared to movement like still a great track but you know your mix down here is very clean like the track is st still like movement still great right but you're making improvements that like I'm hearing at least. So you're getting better, right? And then we come to Burn For You Remix. Oh, that one. Now this one, I vividly remember immediately hearing and I was playing this boat party in New York City and I was like, I gotta play this. This is just like, it's like loud. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It kind of had the same elements as I Party. Yes. With a little bit of the same touch that movement had, that rollingness to it, you know? You're asking my questions for me, bro. <laughs> 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 Episode yeah. 150. This guy's been watching. He knows what I'm going to ask. I know what the next question is, huh? Yeah. Um, that one, Burn For You, for me, like, that song, the original, has a really special place in my heart. Like, yeah. I remember growing up, I think I was eight, nine years old. And my sister would play to her, you know, whatever at the time. It was like a disc player or something, like course. a stereo. Classic. Yeah, and we were in Israel, and, and the song was playing, and it, it really stuck with me. It, it stayed ingrained in my head. And then I heard it again. Um, I can't remember where it was, but I heard it when I was young, my teens, maybe 14, 15. And I'm like, God damn, I really love this song, you know? Like, mm -hmm. da -da 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 it's good. Da -da. <laughs> like that just really catchy, like, keys, you know, the chords that they're playing in there. Everything was really perfect. Yeah. And then I guess when my production uh, experience, I would say, got better, when I felt comfortable to take such a classic and maybe be able to add to it. Right. I made that song years before I made I Party Movement. Did you? Yes. But it wasn't until I Party Movement released. It wasn't until the, tr you know, Made movement. sense. It wasn't until Ultra that I was like, okay, this is okay. 
how can I improve it? And so I did. You know, I, I met some. I, I, I did some uh, edits to it. It's it's gone through like thirty six different versions before it became <laughs> the version that it is now. Yeah, I know those. And even now, it like feels like I would still change some more. I feel like that's gonna. Oh God, you almost can't. I almost can't listen to music that's been released, right? Yeah. Well, it depends on the track. It depends. You know. It depends. I do think that's a great track, though, and. Thank you for telling the story because I, you had told me that before and I really wanted you to tell it. How old were you when you heard it in your sister's car? Do you remember? <sighs> must have been... I don't know. So I lived in Israel between the age of 0 to 11. Mm -hmm. It must have been between the ages of 8 to 11. When you could consciously remember would have enjoyed something consciously, like that. Consciously... So, see, I don't really maybe remember the moment I heard it, but I, I have this... I can't explain it. I can, I can hear something maybe years ago Yeah. and it's here. And I'll hear it again. I'm like, whoa, I, I remember this. I understand, you yeah, know, but I now do. your mind's different. Your the way I look at music is different than when I did when I was obviously eight or yeah. fourteen or twenty, you know. Right, love that. Great track. Thank you. What's definitely that one's like, you know, that, I made that remix for me. <laughs> Amazing guys, got to check that one out too. It's one of his best work. And we're going to twenty twenty, right? Yes, good old twenty twenty. Years looking great to start. You still killed it, right? I, I want to ask you how long you had a lot of these tracks done before, just because I know how it goes, especially releasing on Careless Records as well, mm -hmm. a label that really plans things out in advance, very clean, how they do everything, distribution, Which, right? by the way, if I may take a moment, like, Absolutely. out of most of the local record labels, yeah. they're very, very, um, what's the word? Like, they're very good to work with. Yeah. They're honest. You know, if they don't like something, they're like, sorry. If they do, they'll take it. They make fair deals. But the, my yeah. favorite thing is like they really push you as an artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? John Link. Shout out, man. Shout out to John Link. Very talented guy. One of the best, actually, producers that I know. I had him on the show. I think it was like episode 106 or something like that. Great conversation. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of tell when you talk to someone. But he's a seasoned veteran, you know? Seasoned this guy, veteran, This guy's exactly. seen it all. He's done LA. He's done Miami, New York. He's produced. He, I mean, the, the stuff I've heard this man produce, I'm just shocked that he's not like... Tiesto right now, you know what I mean? Dude, I know. Um, and he makes Nicky Romero level stuff. So talented. Yeah. So talented, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Shout yeah. out to Careless Record. Definitely. And Careless Underground, too. Or Careless Dark, sorry. Careless Dark. Yeah, well, I don't know if Careless Dark is still around. What it's do you mean? You just released Nimbus on it. I did. I did just release Nimbus, but I feel like they might have rebranded to a different label now. Okay, well... That's okay, whatever. It's out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Good music always Let's finds a way. That. Let's drink to that. Episode 150. Episode 150. That's right, guys. Okay. But I want to ask about this track, right? And this track has a big story behind it, and it's actually funny we brought up GLTV, Shining. Okay. With Kellen. Yes. We did... A whole run through. I mean, a lot of people on GLTV were involved in this music video, right? Mm -hmm. And I had seen the music video and I was like, wow. And I had saw a lot of the pre-promo. I mean, you did so much with this song, Alex. And I think, like, it really says a lot about you and your artistry and your just willingness to kind of go above and beyond, right? Like, it's one thing to just make a piano hash track with a vocal on it, right? That's creative enough in itself and has a lot, not a lot, a not, a lot in it. But you went 10 steps beyond and organized a music video with multiple shoots, multiple locations. Mm -hmm. You put in the extra effort monetarily to get it color graded in specific and special ways. Right, and the VFX on it. I mean, dude, if you guys have not seen this music video, like we interviewed Alex and we talked about it. We interviewed Kellen, we interviewed Marcus. We talked about how you guys shot it. I want you to kind of give the whole story of Shining. 
Okay. Um, so I wrote Shining, I think, in 2019. Yeah, I figured. Definitely. And um, I wanted a vocal on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just like, it needs like a simple, very basic, mm-hmm. but like inspiring, strong vocal to carry the song. To yeah. To really push it off the edge. Right. And you know, at the time I was writing it, I, I had a dream. I can't explain. Most of my ideas come in my dream. <laughs> and mind you, I don't dream often. Like, I, I'll have dreams, but not very often. Okay. And this dream came to me where it's like, I, I watched this character walking around in this very dark world and he would touch things and they would turn bright you know and he would do this and all of a sudden their potential would come out and at the same i mean i don't know if you know like when you dream you can feel your dreams Uh, yeah i felt like this character would bring out like whatever these people were hiding inside of them Mm -hmm. and they were hiding inside them because they didn't want anybody to see them but he's like bring it out for me so you know this idea i wrote it down immediately and then um you know and then I, i invited kellen to come record the vocals in the studio and we did it. She wrote the lyrics and, and she named the song and she, she did awesome. Very, very great person to work she with. She hit that on the head yes. with simplicity. Well, originally, her music is very complex. Like, I would compare her to somebody like a Rihanna, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Very, like, lyrical, lots of emotions and her feelings. Mm-hmm. I kind of had to tell her, like, okay, Kellen, like, strip that down. We're going to do house. We're here to make people dance. Mm-hmm. Give me something, like, something I can, t- like, hold, my, hold on to, you know? Yep. She's like, okay, got it. Boom. Records it. One day, doom, done. The video's done. I'm sorry. The song is done. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, you know, I have this idea. I, I, I really want to do a music video. Yeah. And again, this is like the inside of me. Like, I want to direct and produce and put this whole thing together. I didn't yeah. really think I was going to be the main uh, character in the movie. Well, video. and you had done, like, tons of different types of stuff like this. Not music videos, but, you know, uh, like, GLC, like... Yeah. Mood direction. Recaps, mood direction, right. all that stuff. So you really were able to apply yeah, like, and, so know, many with, different things. With our company, I'm always like super hands-on. Yeah. It's like I, I love it. The creative process of putting together. I mean, I'll literally watch anything because the idea <laughs> of what, however many people came together to put it together, yep. that's art. So like, I, I don't know. I can't explain. I have a huge passion for directing, producing, even I though I've never it. gotten into it. So I got in touch with Marcus Aubin. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out to Marcus. Shout out to Marcus. MA Films, awesome, incredible person to work with too. Like, just just bloody genius when it comes to directing and the way yeah. he organizes things. And I give him the idea, and he's like, "Oh, fucking love this. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have the team. I have the resources. He's, what can? Let's do it." So then I started putting the team together, and then. This whole thing started like a little tiny, maybe like five person thing to like a 50, 100 person. Yeah, thing. dude. You know, we even got permits from the city of Chicago to yes. close the whole street. That's down. what I'm saying, dude. You went 10 steps. Yeah, well, I couldn't, I didn't do it all by myself. It was Calvin and Marcus. I mean, right. those were like my right and left hand on the entire I'm sorry, we were each other's right and left hand on the entire thing. Everybody <laughs> was good at their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it just became this huge production and then Lexi got involved with the design and then yes. all of our friends, literally every person in that video is our friend. God, it's so special, man. Yeah. And then uh, you'll even notice, like we even went on the little details, there's little tiny like things that you'll, like like little cameos. Like uh, it says good looks, looks good on the board in the office scene. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's like uh, the murals on the walls. Like we had a little little sign that says, um, don't forget to shine or something, yep. you know? So it's just the, the little messages we kept putting in it, and it just became more and more. And then the final product came like five months later after the VFX editing, and um, it was awesome. It was just, it just took this dream of mine and made it a reality, you know? So cool, man. Seriously. Yeah. Well, and I'll also say this. At the time that we made the video, we didn't realize what the message, I mean, we did know what the message was. We, we shaped the message. 
we didn't realize how important the message would be till this past 2020. Yep. You know, when you really need to like dig in and find what makes you shine. What's your potential? How do you bring it out? Yeah. You know, I, I have a, a funny little story for you. I was, I put that song on some of my playlists and I'll play some of my Spotify playlists. Like, you know, I, our work is still open. I work in, my day job is in mm-hmm. logistics. So we're still technically open. There's like maybe 10 people in there, right? When there's usually 150 and I was playing my house playlist and Shining comes on. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having it on there. <laughs> Absolutely. I told you I'm a big supporter of Alex Kislaw. My good friend behind me, he just kind of started at the company maybe in the past six months, right? He's trying to make it in sales. It's a tough job. Of course. And uh, honestly, he'd been having a tough day. And I wasn't putting the song on at a specific time or anything like that, right? It was just on shuffle. And he was he was pissed off, honestly, like the hour before this. Oh, and This man. song comes on. And, you know, just the simple piano, the dun, 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 mm-hmm. keep on shining. shining. <laughs> and he turns around and he goes... He goes, Matt, what is this song again? He goes, I swear I've heard this. Really? I swear to God. His name's John Trusilla. Shout out John Trusilla. Shout out John. And episode 150. Episode 150. <laughs> and I said, dude, this is my friend Alex Kislov. The song's called Shiny. Looks it up immediately. He had already hearted it on Apple Music. Oh, wow. And he goes, I don't know how I heard this or what. I go, I mean, I, I might have showed it to you. But it, he immediately, his attitude changed. Because really? of this song, dude. That's good. That's good. You know, that makes me feel like I said flattered. Yes. Back to that word. You good know? job this time, yeah. Yeah, but more <laughs> so, it's, it's, for me, the best part is, like, we've created this, right? We made the song, we made the video, and we released it, and it's out there. It's no longer mine. Right. So if somebody else can take it, pick it up, and now it makes them feel something, like, that's, that's what I do it for, really. It comes down to that, like, succession of it, you know? I love that. I mean, you made an impact with that song. Thank you. I think it's going to continue to do big things, too. I hope so. You know, it's it's a good song. The most important thing is, like, it has a message. I like all my music to have some sort of a message. Yeah, absolutely, man. Loved it. So next up, another careless release, Morale. Oof. I liked this one because we got a little bit of Shining with a little more Tech House vibes, right? Like, you've got this, like, Deep House piano vibe with Morale, right? But it reminded me of right before Future House popped off, Mm -hmm. was sort of like, I'm trying to think how to exactly explain this, right? It had the great melody of a Future House track without the intensity. Without the super rolling bass. Exactly. So you hit this really like, it's almost like Oliver Heldens decided to make a deep house track. I'm so glad you said that. So my biggest inspiration was was Oliver Heldens, actually. You hit the nail on the head again, bro. (laughs) Great job. Yeah, it was kind of like an Oliver spree, you know, and... uh, (laughs) I was listening to a lot of his old stuff. Like, he's got awesome stuff from the old times. Oh, and man. Yeah, I was like, you know, really like this. Like, this is, <laughs> this, 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 my, this is my shit, you know? This is my vibe. Yeah. So I started writing with the piano, and then I was like, how do I make that bass? Yes. And that's when I was, like, using different instruments, and I was exploring my production a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it just kind of came by. It came so quick. It was like, oh, yeah, this fits here, this fits there, this. And it just came yes. together. And next thing you know, it, like the song was done. It, it was it was a really quick project. Really. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> that doesn't happen every time. No, most of the time it's like months, years. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that project came together very fast. Um, probably like in maybe four or five sessions. Love that. Yeah, it just uh, it, it happens like that. The good ones usually just flow together. They you know? do. That one was a special track, and it's funny because we go right back around to another tech house slammer. Sometimes on Gangsta House Records, mm-hmm. I mean, 
This one, I assume, either just came out of a fun night at the Music Garage with Orville. Shout out to Orville Klein. Shout out to Orville. One of, the, one of the most versatile producers in the game. He's a... Ableton certified instructor, if you haven't heard of this machine. guy. He's a machine. Pretty if you ever want to learn to be the best, you learn from Orville. And he's not someone who just like releases tracks to anybody. So obviously you guys already had a good connection. But this is like good tech house, dude. Thank you. Tell me about the lyrics. <laughs> tell me about how you guys made this track, how it all came together. Well, you know, Orville and I kind of come, both come from like a different yeah. genre, really. True. You know, I mean, I was already making house music. That's what I was releasing. Yeah. Orville can make anything. I mean, he can make like sounds for like kids games if you wanted to like yeah. toy games and the most he, intense dubs have you ever in your life he's, yeah <laughs> yeah literally porn and chicken shout yeah. out porn and chicken episode 150 <laughs> uh, but Orville you know we're kind of like I've been working with Orville for a long time he's my mentor yeah uh, whenever I get stuck he's the guy I go to he's really he's just uh, you know he's so cool calm and collected I'm a very hyper very like let's make you know let's yeah, do yeah, this yeah. and Orville's very like um, logical very like you know, things have to, oh, wait, no, no, you have to do this, and then this happens, and then you have to do this, and this is all, and then he just makes it all come together. Yeah, bro. Just like a snap of a finger, and he makes a song, but uh, when it came to the song, I was kind of working on it, I'm like, or, it's, you know, we, we jam out together, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go on the drums, and he'll take a bass guitar or a guitar, and we'll rent a room in the music garage. Nice. We'll just jam out for an hour. So we kind of have this, like, already, like, a, a relationship as musicians, right. you know? We do live music together, and we've written other songs together before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Orv, you know, it's been a while. Let's let's write something. I kind of started this little something-something here. Orv took it. He, you know, he puts the bass line. We created the song, and then we're like, it needs vocals. Yeah. I'm like, do we bring somebody in? He's like, no. Let's no. record ourselves. Yes. So the, all of the vocals, we, I literally, we, we had a little fucking notebook in a studio that I, we like, we're just writing a million words. We yep. Just, we couldn't rhyme anything. It took us longer <laughs> to write the lyrics than it did to write the song. <laughs> and then we were just like, sometimes I dance. Sometimes I play. Sometimes I roll. Sometimes I don't. You know? It's yeah. just like, we were in this like quarantine mode too. Where we were like, ah, sometimes I want to wake up early. Sometimes I don't want to wake up early. Yeah. Sometimes I want to produce. We were talking about this. And the, the lyrics kind of, you know, they written themselves out. We were rhyming them a little bit, structured them to the song. And then Orville recorded me with my, obviously, whatever accent I have. <laughs> and uh, then he recorded himself. And then we layered our vocals together. So, like, sometimes you'll hear the call and repeat. Sometimes I dance. Sometimes I dance. Yep. That's both him and I. Wow. On the track. God, I love that. Yeah. And then we just, you know, we finished it. We were like, well, you know, let's try to send it to, like, somebody like Ferris Wheel or something, you know? Right. And I don't remember what happened. I don't think Ferris took it, but uh, this this record label reached out to us. They're like, "Hey, love your music. Can you send us some demos? Here, check this out. We literally just wrote this." <laughs> and uh, and they were like, "We love it. Done. Signed it." And boom, another track under the belt of Orbs and I's band. There you go. <laughs> we actually have a, a if we were ever to become a DJ duo, yeah, which I wouldn't do to Arvi. Don't worry, Arvi. <laughs> <laughs> If I ever did job, we had a name, it would be DJs with no turntables. Exactly. We want that face out of everybody. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you guys. <laughs> yeah. We just kind of like, well, because we were jamming, you know, like we could be DJs without any turntables and then we'd just be a band. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Dude. Absolutely. I actually really love that. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what? Sometimes when you got to explain it, it only makes it that much better. 
it was just one of those things, you know. We just we were writing it just to write it, and then I didn't really think it would, you know, get released anywhere. I love it, man. I love it. Great track. Very well done too. Thank you. I mean, Orville is a a whiz when it comes to mastering. Wiz is an he's a machine. Yeah, he's he machine. is able to. Like I feel like when he, he is able to. He, like he'll run, <laughs> he'll run down the street and then he'll scuff his knee on the asphalt and instead of blood it'll literally be like oh. Ableton coming out. <laughs> Just you see like some like the blood is like midi midi I've notes. control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plugins everything coming out. Oh my god, we're going to need some serious surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring in the logic. Love it, man. <laughs> Great track. Okay, and now we're going to switch it up again here. And this track really leads you into kind of this new direction for you, in my opinion, right? It goes down. Mm-hmm. On DK Records, right? Uh, so, DistroKid, yeah, that was a self-release, actually. Self-release. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I thought it was, but I wanted to double check. Yeah, well, DK Records, I guess, would be the record the release yeah. company, I guess, the, the publisher. But I, I wanted to release that one by myself. Because it's not like anything you've ever... Well, it is, but it isn't. Right? It is, but it isn't. You're and right. Le- and let me let me give you my perspective too before we hear the story. Can right? we have Can we have a shot? Please? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I think that's fair. <laughs> Cheers, brother. I'm having a great time. <laughs> so, it goes down, right? After listening through all of your releases that we've been talking about here, this one really explains itself because we've got a ton of different Alex Kislov elements: tech house, deep house, piano, melodic, catchy lyrics. Right? Mm-hmm. All in one with this track, man. Like, when you were showing me some of your unreleased music earlier, I was thinking back, I was like, oh, he kind of did that and it goes down. Like, you do really cool stuff with the FX, and that's why I was asking you actually about side chaining because I'm pretty sure you, you side chain a lot of your FX because. Yes, there are side chaining, but I actually use a lot of tension in my music. Do you? I do. So you won't even notice it, but I'll, I'll get rid of certain instruments like percussions. At times, that don't always make sense. Uh-huh. And they kind of add that pause. Oh, boom, back into it, you know? Interesting. Yeah, that, that does actually... And that's an element that I've been learning more and more is like creating tension with my music. That's very, that's very high level. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's time, right? I've yeah. I've been doing it for so long. I hope I, mean, I learned something over time. I love that, though. Well, tell me about It Goes Down because, first off, it's received a lot of support. Um, who, who supported it? I know it got released on a few playlists, right? So yeah. like, uh, it was the deep, deep, I can't remember the name of the playlist right now. I'm sorry. The big playlist. It was, yeah, it was like Brazil Ultra supported it. Yeah, yeah, Corrida, yeah. Uh, Corrida, like, I'm trying to remember like the actual playlist that it got Foreign, put Foreign though. Yeah, actually a lot more foreign support than anything. I know Germany, Berlin was like a huge listener. Japan had it on That's what I'm saying. Right. And I, I'm thinking like this new direction for I you. I have to go look at my phone to actually like remember the playlist. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. I can't a lot the of them I can't either. read, but... But this one, like, I mean, got a lot of support. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, maybe not as much support as like previous tracks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's solely because it was a self-release. Yeah. So the support it got was from my own network. Which is huge. Could be bigger, but it's could good. be bigger. That's why you're on for episode 150. <laughs> but I really like this track, man, because it does blend all these different elements and influences and inspirations that we talked about here. When did you make this track? Was it during the course of any of these? Was it before Shining? Was it after? Like it was after Shining. It was during quarantine. Okay. Um, I can't take all the credit either. I, at the time, I was working with a guy named Kevin Franchio. Yeah. He goes under Trey Mortimer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really good guy. Him and I have made music in the past before. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, 
in the last few uh, months, him and I kind of connected. Yeah. He's been sending me his new project, Belmont Boys. Shout out, Belmont Boys. Oh. And um, I was like, hey, let's, let's get in the studio. Let's, let's write something. He's like, all right, come over. And, you know, it's so hard. I'm sorry, Kevin. It's so hard to schedule with Kevin. Kevin's like, oh, shit, that's today. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> you know, but then, but then we did it. Kevin's like, all right, fuck it. Just come over. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Let's do it. And I got in there. We started, uh, we started working on some music. And he was showing me like different ways he was using his MPC, the Akai. Yeah. And uh, he was also using a new plugin called Arcade, which is like. Oh, I heard of that. Yes, it's great, awesome. Uh, he hooked me on Arcade, and I, he kind of like found the sample, right? Like a sound. We liked the sound. We're like, okay, let's work off it. And he made the baseline. I made my very like rolling baseline, and then Kevin would add those notations. We combined our baselines together, and it became the baseline to "It Goes Down." Oh. Yeah, and then we found a vocal "It Goes Down." It goes down. Yeah. It, and we, he was actually playing it on the Akai. So we, we were structuring it with the kick, the drums, everything, you know? And um, I think it was maybe a six-hour sh- session. We sat together. God damn. Yeah. We, and then he was like, okay, this is cool. I, I like it. Let's sit on it. Whatever. And then I tried to schedule with him again. Sorry, Kevin. Put me on blast. <laughs> You're just a busy guy. He's a busy guy. Yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Couldn't. I'm like, all right, Kevin, send it to me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it up a little bit. And I added that bass line that you hear in the second verse. Yeah. Bom, 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 da, da, bom, yes. Know? And that's, uh, th- that was more of an influence from somebody like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name again. I keep forgetting everybody's name today. <laughs> um, it was one of my favorite artists, too, at the time. Yeah. He's got a really good... Uh, Maceo Plex. Sorry. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, so Maceo Plex. Maceo Plex has that very, like, crunchy, but smooth type of bass line. Yeah, yeah, well said, yeah. So I was like, I want that for the song. Right. I was able to add a little more elements, and I was finishing it. Um, you know, and Kevin's working more on hip-hop. He's mm-hmm. working more on the Belmont Boys, and it wasn't really in tune with his vibe. Yeah. So we agreed mutually that I was going to release it under Alex Kislov. Okay. You know, and, and so once I t- got it from Kevin... I fixed it, I changed it, I added a little bit of the piano, I changed the piano sound, I changed the bass sound. Um, you know, I really wanted it to be my own. But he helped water it in the beginning. Oh, yeah, which he's is definitely, yeah. he's the one that planted the seed and, yeah. you know, put, the, put everything on it. Love it. Belmont yeah. Boys. Belmont Boys. Are you the other Belmont Boy? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Ravenswood boy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep, moved in with uh, good old Arby. Oh, man, we're going to talk about him in a sec here. Of course. Before. Can't have a podcast without talking about Arby. Not with either of you on it. You guys got to come <laughs> up. So it goes down, and this one leads me into the out of nowhere, left yes. fielder. Unlike anything you ever made or released, I should say, right? Nimbus. Hey, this track, for those who haven't heard it, deep, from the heart, I mean, I just want to take appreciate. I want to take a second to appreciate like this track, how far you've come as a producer. Not saying that the other tracks are less of quality. They're just different. But like we said before, a certain level of maturity came out in you in this song. Mm-hmm. You almost outgrew your hand me downs here, bro. Yeah, it certainly felt that way. With, with you know what I mean? With Nimbus. I mean, it's from the heart. It's no ordinary track. Just like knowing you as a person, I could all I could tell you were expressing yourself. Yeah, you know, that one is definitely very, like, emotional. You know, it, it was a lot of feeling when it was written. Yeah. Um, that one, I, again, also came in together really fast. Really? Yes, surprisingly for me. I thought you had been, like, or would have been working you on know, something I, I like this. You know, I got into the studio with the intention of, like, you know what? I'm not going to try to follow mm. anybody's sound. I'm not going to try to write anything that I'm trying to get, you know, play at some festival. or I'm going to write something that I really want to. 
And you usually go into the studio with a, a certain mindset. Yeah, I always have an agenda. You know, like, time is money. But aside from it, time is money, time is also precious. Yeah. So if, if I spend my time, I spend a lot of time learning. I spend a lot of time studying. I spend a lot of time writing. But now I kind of want to write with purpose. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at my agenda in the studio. Right. I you know, love like that. I want to go in there and I want to be like, okay, today I want to make a remix. Yeah. This is what I want it to sound like. Okay. And if it doesn't sound like that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then I can go in any direction. I can also change. Right. It's not like I've placed the parameters, but I want to come in with a purpose. Yeah. Know? Love that. I, I think it's really important, too, and a question I always ask, like, for a producer specifically, at least in house music, right? You want to make a track that's going to slam at an after party. Or like I said, it's, it's going to be a good track to play at Sunset in Ibiza. Right. Or it's going to be a, a good song to play at the beach. Well, you also got to take in mind right now, too, like with the pandemic, no yeah. one's out dancing. No Ibiza rooftops, no dance clubs, you know, nothing like that. No either. after hours, none of that shit. Right. Well, that kind of shifted our um, our culture a little bit, too. The way people are listening to music has changed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you used to go to a club and you used to hear somebody at the club and you're like, oh, love this song. Just, you know, totally. Just boom and vibing. And nowadays it's like, oh, did you hear this new track on this playlist on Spotify? you see this new thing on this live stream you know and, and i feel like my music has really been encompassed by that type of culture mm-hmm. you know and that's where nimbus came out like i've been listening to a lot of chill music yeah i've been doing a lot of more like i have to attribute it to my girlfriend eliza like eliza loves chills music yeah she literally listens to like calming i mean she has her upbeat stuff and everything sure and i'm not a huge fan of rap too much yeah i listen to some but she is and so like the happy medium between us is that chill ground you there know? you go yeah so she's kind of influenced my my uh my taste palette a little bit she kind of showed me other songs i was like wow house music but not total, <laughs> not total dance vibes all the time you know yeah and so i i kind of came in with with writing nimbus is like um, you know, also, I was, as I was saying, I was sailing, right? So I was learning all these terms about clouds and, and all this stuff, and I was watching these videos, and, and when I was writing Nimbus, it just reminded me of sailing. It reminded me of, like, chilling out in the open ocean kind of thing, you know? Wow. And so Nimbus is, in Latin means cloud. Mm-hmm. Nimbus stratus means, like, a, like a rain cloud. Right. So I, I didn't want to call it Nimbus stratus. That was originally the name. I'm like, we'll call it Nimbus, and yeah. then maybe one day I'll make a version of it called Nimbus stratus. There you go. darker, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, surprisingly, again, I just, I started writing. And once I got in the writing element, right, I started with that, that pad, mm-hmm. like really soft coming in. And another thing that was really unique too, I usually write in like 122 BPM, 125 yeah. BPM. Like I'm in that range. Yeah. Nimbus is 118, you know, and that was the suggestion from Orville actually. He's like, you know, it's really fast. Why don't you just try slowing it down? Like slowing it down. <laughs> And I did, and and it gave me this range, this whole new it range. It changed of everything. Music. Yes, it really did, and that's when the song came together. Is like when I slowed to one eighteen, I had more room for these elements to really come in softer and add that energy that Nimbus has. You know, love that. That's so great. I feel like that you and so many other producers as well. I talked to uh, this one producer. I don't know if you heard of his name, Skunka. Right, he's based in Southern California. Guy traditionally makes fucking tech house peak hour bang bangs dude bang and, bangs and he does episode it 150 <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that my friend oh, jesus Sorry. there we go i love it actually i would like you to interview me i think you do a good job episode 200 i'm down i'm free okay i need you to write all the questions sounds good, sounds good. <laughs> but he i asked him a similar question or just sort of about like how have you kind of changed your perceptive of when you go into this or perception when you go into the studio right 
you go in with the thought, I need to make a track that's going to do really well at a club, do really well at a festival. Now there's no pressure, right? There's no pressure right. that the only way I'm going to get a show is if I have music that DJs play my music. Right. Now, producers... Yeah, that pressure's are, off. Dude, you know? you're going straight from the heart. You went to the studio, which almost sounds like for one of the first times, or at least in this year, with no intentions. Mm-hmm. With, I went sailing and I'm really passionate about that right, right. now. Right, there was no agenda. I mean, that's beautiful, Alex, right? Thanks, man. I didn't think of it that way before, but in a I sense, mean, yeah. Seriously. I guess it was. There was no agenda to it. I wasn't trying to get signed to like a crazy record label with it or anything. Which, speaking of which, Nimbus actually got number three on Skio. Um, It's like this, this, I entered it to a chill contest. Yeah. Chill uh, chill house or chill music contest. Mm -hmm. And it was like 250,000 submissions. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Just gonna put it in there. Why not? Just why not? You know, I was already entering like another remix contest, and I do that too to keep my palate fresh. I'll Absolutely. enter like remix contest. Yeah. And I entered it, and I get an email like I don't know two months later that congratulations you win. I'm like, <laughs> oh fuck! It. it has to be like a marketing scheme, but it didn't look like a fake email, you know. So yeah. I look at it, it's like your song got placed number three in the world on the Skio charts out of this many entries. I was like, what? I didn't know that. My my name is like is that that was my name is like <laughs> you know. Uh, and again, because no expectations from it. Like, I didn't came in hoping anything for it. I didn't think it was going to be like a... It wasn't a banger. It wasn't something you go to the club like, oh, dude, I've bopped my head so hard, you know? It was exactly, just one of those, bro. like, you're, you're home, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're doing yoga, you're watching TV, you're hanging with the girl, you're at an interview, you're playing, you know, some chill music, and yep. I wanted it to fit into that style. I love that. I love that. Episode 150 stuff right here. So 150, baby. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. And it it really leads me into my last question, at least for your original music here for yourself. What you just showed me, what you've sent me, what can you tell us about sort of this new direction? Is it an extension of Nimbus? It's definitely in the same family. Okay. Uh, Maybe not... Not all of it is a slow. Are we talking about your cousin? Are we talking like a sister? Yeah, like a second cousin. A second cousin? Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> I, I change. My, my palate changes a lot. Yeah, okay. And um, lately, like, I've been very influenced by lo-fi house, you know? Yep. And lo-fi music, which is what I showed you. It's good. Um, I'm trying to finish an AP right now. An AP is going to feature some of my lo-fi sounds and some of my more melodic, I want to say, deep house tracks. Uh, one thing that they're all going to share is that they're all going to be more mature, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have more elements that really in, engrave that maturity to them. Yeah. You know, and um, they might not be bangers. They might not be like an eye party or movement or yeah. anything, but they're going to be the kind of songs that you're listening to at home. You know, they're going to be the kind of tracks that you could just bop your head to while you're doing something. It's not totally taking away from your attention of what else you're doing. Right. Listening music. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, man. I will say this. I am working on a song. Um, I did play it for you, and it is probably, you know, out of most of the songs I've written, again, it was written quite fast, but it's still getting changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is definitely one of the songs that I am one of, more proud of, or most proud of, mm-hmm. out of anything that's coming out, and that's because I could really see and feel and hear my experience, the level of production, the amount of time I've spent producing music, right. kind of all tie into it, you know? Yeah, I absolutely, man. Like, it, you've been leading up to this point almost. It's not. It's like a crossroads for you. Well, the point never stops. I feel like you reach the crossroads, and you, the crossroads are already here. Like, oh, the cross. You go. You're going up. Keep going. The crossroad. The, you're at a fork here, bro. Neither of them are going down. <laughs> I'll take it. Episode one fifty. <laughs> God, this is why I had him on. 
Okay, let's talk real quick, though. Okay. My love. My love. My love, baby. I love this shit so fucking much. Can we just say really quick, I always forget the uh, original duo name you guys had. Audio Velocity? Audio Velocity. Yes. Okay, My Love is a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it to the guy that got a tattoo of Audio Dude. <laughs> you guys are so hilariously Euro when you started that shit. Yeah, you know, we were very, like, trance. And in Europe, trance was, like, the thing. That was, we came here, and trance was what we were listening to. Absolutely. You know? And uh, we had huge influence from Cosmic Gate. Yeah. Know? Cosmic Gate is a shit. Yeah, Dash Berlin, yeah. ATB even a little bit. You yep. know, like a lot of that influence was what was driving our music back then. Mm-hmm. And so Audio Velocity made sense, you know, early 2000s. There's a great name. You think so? I think so. I think it's, well, it's, I think it's funny. Audio Velocity? It's just like so 2014. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, like the big EDM bubble pop. Oh, audio velocity. Dude, that was like one of the biggest shows you guys ever played. Didn't you play Spring Awakening, like the Eclipse stage or some shit? It's audio velocity? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it was the biggest, but it was definitely like... It wasn't the main stage. It was well, a big not show. the big... It was a big show. It was a big show. Yeah, big we show. had a main stage. It was technically a main stage, but it wasn't in the Coliseum. It was outside. The, the second biggest stage, I guess. Which was still massive. Yes. Yes. There was at least like, I don't know, 10... 10,000 people? No, no, I'm crazy. 5,000 people. Still insane. Fast forward fucking six, seven years, bro. Yeah, I'm here with Malov. And you guys are releasing Iron Eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, RV actually showed me this one uh, over the summer when it was called Iron Hills. Yes. Um, I'm, I like both names, I want to say that, because they both make sense, right? And RV gave us the story. I want the other people to know that didn't see the origination of Malov. Tell us, tell us everything about it, man, because it's really, really cool. About Malov or Iron Eyes? Well, I want to hear about Malov, the okay. name, city, how you guys, like, <laughs> when you guys decided, like, okay, let's do a duo together and then let's start making music. Okay. Um, so, you know, Ar- obviously, if you know me, you probably know Arvi. We always play together. Probably. Probably. You, know, you have very to, much don't like, you? Uh, attach at the hip of the thing, you know? Well, it depends. Depends on how you approach and meet us. You know? I, that's true, that's true. You know, like, Arvi's got his very much his own friends and i have my own friends well you guys are different too we are different i'd like to say we're very different and the older we get the more different we're becoming, <laughs> you know but uh, our differences is kind of like a yin and yang and yes. i keep hearing that about us like yeah we, we whatever the other person doesn't complete the other person has and whatever the person completes here the other person doesn't you know and it kind of works it flows in a way um the way Milo came about him and i've been playing together i don't know since the beginning of my dj career pretty much yeah you know, and we we have our own sets, we have our own brands. Yep. But when we play together, it's just a different energy. We bring in this very like deep, dark, housey tech. I can't even put a genre. It's almost to it. like you both play your guilty pleasures. Yes, yes, that's essentially. And we're always trying to up each other. You're unapologetic. You're unapologetically yourselves. Yes. During those sets. More bro. so than ever. Like that. That is the most like. We just don't give a shit about what anyone's thinking or saying. We're up here. We're riding. Unbelievable sets. Thank you. Unbelievable. You know, and it had a lot of very positive reactions. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking us, when are you guys going to do a duo? Yeah. When are you going to release a duo? When are you going to do this? And um, <laughs> we were playing a show. Oh, fuck, where was it? At, um, at Liquor Box. Uh-huh. And, um, and they were doing house nights. You know, it was a Sunday night. Right. And uh, the manager at the time, one of our friends, Dash, he's like, ah, I'm just going to put you, your names together. He, he just wrote Malo. 
you know, like Mala and Kislov together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just became Malo. And we were like, who the fuck's Malo? He's like, that's you guys. You guys are Malo. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the name I made. Just go with it. It's going to be fun. We're like, okay, whatever. We really didn't care. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're so used to playing together. And uh, we did it. And Malo kind of grew up, grew in us. You know, it, it stuck in. And then over time, we figured out that's a city in, in um, Denmark. Yep. Malo, which is like a like a water city, which made the story even more intriguing. Like, yes. No one even really knows what Malo is. That's right. So it had all these <laughs> uh, letterings and stuff, and we came up with the logo. And I was like, all right, are we doing this? Like, are we doing Malo? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Next thing you know, boom, we created Iron Eyes. And that took a bit of work because we had to figure each other's, you know, style and yeah. DJ together and writing music together are two different things. Right. And, I mean, and totally. And RV jumped into the production pool, right? I mean, I would say like a belly smack skinny dipped. Into well, the he, had, he had good resources available to him, you know? Like, exactly. Plus, he aside went from, for it. Right. Aside from me being his best friend and, and you know, help whatever he needs from me on the production and, and vice versa. He also had Orville, which was already used to my shenanigans and bullshit. Yeah. You know? So Arv was like a priest, I think, for him to take on. That's right. And uh, Arv just kind of Arv is really good at networking too. So he like found other producers that he takes away from and oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he just uh, he was able to jump in like you said belly flopping in first. Yeah. Uh, which is good because he's got a good parachute to fly with. In case... He went for it, man. Yeah. And he it's did. really really cool because all of the influences that he's been inspired by and and you like I really hear this beautiful combination of your styles and influences. Right, we've got groovy dark tribal tech that like really builds here but like in norway i don't know you know mm. what i mean like i feel like i'm literally coming in on the viking ship bro <laughs> like if those motherfuckers had some massive Mal- speakers system, dude malov is djing <laughs> like you know in mad max the guy that's playing the guitar yeah, 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 yeah. that's like you guys except like in more middle eastern more middle eastern <laughs> 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 episode one just sign <laughs> whatever you guys are doing you're DJing going into battle with this fucking shit yeah perhaps perhaps you know we do we definitely so I'm very melodic like I like melodies yeah I love like a good solid arp accompanied yes. by chords and, and arp is very much like bass line bass. oh yeah you know he, he likes bass like, and he, he loves said, his percussion too right yeah that's his thing you know yeah. so the, the elements fit together when I was he, you know he would create Say like a percussion line, right? Like okay, let's add this here. Let's do, this. and we would just work off each other the same way we almost did as DJ, right? You know, and yeah. and it just Iron Eyes came out, and the reason it became Iron Eyes is because we have a friend in Romania, Boha World on Instagram, Boha World, and uh, he makes really awesome art, and uh, he had this really cool album cover of Eyes. Sorry, yeah. which we made the album cover for the song Iron Eyes, and he uh, he like pretty much influenced the name from Iron Hills to Iron Eyes based on the cover. Really? Yes. And it, and it was like a whole marketing thing too. Like we could post it on Instagram and it was very like... It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Very original. It's just, yes. I've never seen anything like it. No, know? it's so cool. So that's kind of like what really captured our eyes and that's what we're trying to do with Malov too. We want to do... We, we want to write good music. We don't care to headline festivals. We don't care to, to be like the next top hundred as far as Malov goes. Malov is just our passion project we're writing music on. It's also like our artistic project. Mm-hmm. It's where we get to really showcase like what we want to do that we maybe can't do as RV Mahler or Alex Kislov, you know? I love that, man. Good for you guys. It's so cool just to see you guys have an outlet like that creatively, especially, like I said, RV getting into the production game and really 
getting after Diving it. In, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's beautiful and it's a great track, man. That's another like immediate add to the USB if you ask oh, thank me. Thank you. It's on the USB. Is it? Yeah. Perfect. Next time you're playing it, just send me a video or something. I will. Well, I'm, we'll post I'm, it on episode 150. That's right. <laughs> also, not DJing anywhere. <laughs> I'm but You want yeah, me to send a video true. in my room? That's true. You're right. Like, the mine's going out. But if you do, when it does. I'm still adding music to my USB because I need some sense of normalcy, though. So, okay. I do. I, I feel that. I'm, I haven't been adding as much. I haven't been really, like, DJing, obviously. Yeah, when's the last time you, like, sat down and looked for new music like you used to? Actually, this past week. Did you? Yeah, but it's before good, that was months. It's it's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh man, I used to have a life. <laughs> <laughs> I used to DJ and do stuff. Because there was nothing like having a show, like whether it be a week in advance, a day in advance. What was that feeling? Two too, months in advance, where you're you like, know? can't wait for the show. Yeah. Gotta add, gotta make a playlist. I gotta prep myself. I gotta what am I gonna play, what am I gonna wear? How am I gonna look? What am I gonna say? You know? Yeah, man, I can't shop anymore either because I'm like walking in there. I'm like, oh, where am I? This is my apartment. Well, I don't get to choose my outfits anymore. Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend picks all of them. <laughs> my girlfriend says no before I can buy. Yeah, same. Unless <laughs> I, unless I uh, order online and it shows up. But that's not that's a good decision. Different. Episode 200. Episode 200 <laughs> we're going to talk about. <laughs> Jesus, we'll probably both be married by then. So, hey, it's okay. Cheers. Cheers, man. Also good to you, man. Yeah. On that note, though, Alex, and I mentioned earlier before, right, it's a really interesting time for the state of the music industry. In simplest terms, what state are we in right now? Well, I guess that question is very, like, it's a very large question. It is. It is. You know, and I ask you in a large way because I'm interested to see what point you pick at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, state of the music, right? Right? That's the question? State of the music industry. You know, we're slowly opening up. Things are slowly starting to feel like they're slowly getting back to normal. Yeah. But they're never going to be... I feel like it'll never be totally normal for another few years. I agree. You know, um, and and we talked about this a little bit earlier. State of the music industry, it got trimmed down a lot. Yeah. And the reason it got trimmed down is because if you didn't want to do this for a living, you weren't going to last this pandemic. Yeah. If you didn't want to give it everything, and I guess... The term would be a starving artist, live, yep. like a starving artist, yep. actually have, because you can say that, but when you actually have to live like a starving artist, that's when it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? Where, where, yep. where, where am I going to go? It starts to kind of panic sets in, you know? Yeah, sure. So a state of the music industry is that a lot of the panickers, you know, kind of had to get the jobs and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You have to make a living. You have it's to the reality of the situation. Right. But when things do come back, it might be very difficult for people to readjust from being able to have a stable paycheck to coming back to this music scene. Yeah. And so that will cause for a few things, in my opinion. Um, very the, the best of the best are going to stay. And, and that's going to really, like, the sand is going to get removed off of the tomb, and you're going to see which ones are really in. Which Ooh. ones are really meant to stay? Which yeah, ones yeah. are really looking to get it, tough it out? Yeah, know? yeah. And um, I feel like we're going to have a whole new influx of people that... Are, are uh, have been exploring music in the quarantine. Now they got the time. Now they got, you know, you, you've been working your day job at home. Mm-hmm. But now you're like, fuck, I'm tired of watching all the same TV. Let me try something new. So they got into music, you know? Um, and, and that's a great thing, too, because a lot of people that never knew they had music in them are coming into it as well. Yeah, some new blood. Right. It's, it's really tough to answer that question. I, I want to give you, like, one specific answer. But I understand. The state of the industry, of the music industry specifically... 
still needs a lot of work. Yeah, There's still yeah. some recovering that needs to happen. And it's not just financially. It's it's a mental recovery that's going to need to happen to our industry. Artists will need to come back and play. People will need to come back out to buy tickets to go see these artists. You know? Yeah. And that's going to be a bit. That's what I think, too. And I think that's honestly very well said. Um, the important thing to consider here is so many obstacles that we overcome as DJs, I guess let's just keep it to the DJ industry, I guess, is people that have been around longer than us, whether or not it relates to their level of notoriety or their level of talent or their level of fame, right? It's right. connections. Right. So much is connections. And here's what it's going to come down to, in my opinion. Again, I just want to reiterate that. When shows come back, promoters and club owners and, vet and festival owners are going to need to sell tickets. Yes, they are not going to have room for favors. No. They're going to need to literally put people on the lineup. They're going to get people to get out of their home because let's be straight up, dude. Like you said, it's not going to be normal for years because of how people are going to react to it. Sure, there's people that the day they get a vac double vaccine and the club's open with this restriction and stuff, they're going to be there, right? And that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have people going out. People want to go out. People want to go out. But people, some people, again, there's different school of thought. It's going to be an ease back into it, I right? definitely agree. Favors will be a lot harder to come by. Relationships will be a lot tougher to develop. But uh, it, it also comes down on the other end of that. The same people that were trying to get all these favors aren't really going to be there. It's going to be the serious ones that are in there for the long term. And I think you said it in the beginning that the cream of the crop or the top of the top, whatever, mm -hmm. they never left but also the people who really cared never left. And now, like you said, the tombstone is being wiped off. There's a lot of sand, and we're going up now. Yeah, we're refining. We're seeing the letters. We're seeing what it's going to look like. And I think it's just, honestly, I never like to predict the future because you never know. Like you usually let yourself down when you do that, right? That, <laughs> but like, okay, I, I put it in, okay, I, I was uh, in Florida, and I spoke to this man, and, and he put it this really awesome. He's from the Soviet Union, and he said... Uh, he's like, what are you planning in 20 years? And I'm like, I don't know. I, music? <laughs> DJ, production? I don't know. Hopefully, like, a huge house in LA, something, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's crazy. In 1980s, Soviet Union, top of the world. Mm -hmm. Olympics were held in the Soviet Union. Everybody had food and water. 20 years later, no Soviet Union. Ask the United States. 20 years ago, you know, like, they were in this... I keep doing that to your microphone. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> 20 years ago, like, you ask somebody in the United States, you think Trump's going to be president, or you think this is going to happen, or you think people are, you know... Yeah. Pandemic is going to happen. You or, say no. No way, no way. 20 years from now, no. Stock market, or the house market is going to crash. No, you don't, you don't think that. Anything can happen at any moment. Uh, the only thing you can be certain about is the ones that really want it are going to stay. Yeah. They're going to find a way to make it happen. They're going to be the starving artists of our industry, you know? I love that, man. I think that's a great way to look at it. And it's an honest way to look at it, quite frankly. It's honest. It's, I feel like a lot of times we're not honest with each other about what's happening. And, and I feel like my mentality is never... I don't like to bullshit. I like yeah. to know what it's like. I like to know exactly what I'm getting into yeah. so that I know how to adjust myself. And if I don't know what I'm getting into, at least I'd like to understand what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. And it's not always possible. And it's that's not. okay. That's just what it is. That's life. Episode one thing. <laughs> just fucking dropping knowledge bombs bro <laughs> i've been thinking a lot you know i can tell i'm glad that we got you on when you're 
ready to fucking talk because you've been saying some real shit. Well, I've been quiet for a little bit uh, as far as social media and everything. Yeah. That's because I've been diligently working. One, two, I also didn't want to get too involved in many other things that were happening. I wanted to really... I sacrificed a lot already and I knew that this year I needed to sacrifice more that um, in order for me to get what I, what I want to get to. And that requires work yeah. and time yeah. and it requires sacrifice. Yeah. And so there was there sacrifices made this year, you know? That's good advice. That's really good advice for any, for any level. Well, I guess also on top of that, like what I could say is anybody coming in, just make sure you know like how serious you're about it. Yeah. Because you're getting it for fun, great. Have fun. This is the funnest fucking thing you'll ever do. And yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. The little moments make it Everything all worth it. Little, yeah. But if you really want this, like the big, the big, big thing, you know, and not like I'm saying I'm there, but the, the picture of how to get there is a little clearer and what, what it costs, what it costs me, you know, not just financially, but what it costs me as far as my time and my energy and my outlook and my sacrifices, what it costs me is a little clearer. And so you, you kind of come to that question, am I willing to give it everything or is it time for me to adjust myself to something different? Let's kill the drinks on that, bro. <laughs> God damn. Oh, yeah. Clip that one, Suzette. That yes. was fucking good. <laughs> Love it, man. Gosh, you stole my last question, but I have one more for you. Uh-oh. What was the last question? It was, what is your advice to any artist that want to oh. start get, get in the industry, okay, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right here, dude. <laughs> I was just thinking Good. That. Yeah, no, I, hey. I'm practicing for when I have to interview you. Good, good, yeah, <laughs> keep practicing. My last question. What's next for Alex? We've got, hopefully, the Spring Awakening Cancun retreat happens, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, well, that one got announced, so I could definitely talk about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, first of all, thank you to Spring Awakening for keeping the candle alive. Yeah. They took it to Mexico. Tough job. Yeah, that's a tough job. I mean, honestly, being an event producer or host, right? Dude, was like I said, it's a business. Yeah, but taking the risks, it's, it's, you know, it's salute. Like, it's a lot of work. It's the hard work. It's really like a big thing that you risk things that might not work out. And, and so, like, one, thank you to them for still doing that, for still running it, for still going with it. Two, fuck yeah, we get to play. <laughs> <laughs> we get to play in Cancun, uh, Spring Awakening Music Festival, end of April. Yep. And uh, that was really exciting. That's you know, it's been a, like a dry year, obviously, of not really doing too many shows. I mean, we've had some here and there, but yeah, uh, this is our first really big one as far as the festival goes. You and RV. Yep, RV and I, and um, that's happening in, like I said, Cancun end of April. Uh, we did get booked at another festival, which I'm not allowed to say yet, mm -hmm. but uh, expect something for the summer. In Excellent. August. And. Um, as far as like you know, as far as shows go, like some some are coming back. I'm doing one for Valentine's Day with uh, my friends over at uh, my friends over at, with Roots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Band creates is throwing that event with. Um, is, is that a, uh, with uh, Rami? Yes. And the Rituals crew. Yep, Rituals. Sorry again, I keep I'm <laughs> forgetting everything. Today. That's what I'm here for. Rituals and Band creates is throwing events at Roots, and and we got you know booked to play at that show. That, that's really great. Again, coming back. To some sort of normalcy is really awesome. Yeah. More importantly, though, like I said, I'm, I'm wanting to work on the CP that I want to release this summer. 
and I have another song that I'm, I'm I have really high hopes for that is really gonna it's gonna get released this year and I'm working with one of my favorite vocalists ever yeah yeah and I can't really speak about it too much yet but there's a vocalist that you know her and I have been chatting and mm-hmm. if everything works out really well that's gonna be a massive project for me yeah let's we'll talk go about, we'll talk about I was gonna I was gonna say yeah cut <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, you know, really just like a massive release schedule. I'm really trying to get at least seven to eight songs released this year. Good. And then um, if everything goes well, we might have a music video this year as well. Dude, we need another one of those, bro. It's coming. It's also got a meaningful, powerful... I met this group of people I'm working with, so... Uh, it's it's just... You'll see. But wait, just... Director. I'm not going to say too much. I don't want to jinx it yet, but it's a work in progress at the moment. I want Director Kisslov back. Okay. I do. Happening. Happening. okay good <laughs> love it man alex i just want to say one more time man like since you were last on the show since i first met you since even before i met you and since i've known you it's just really really incredible to see how much you've done with your brand your music you've grown as an artist you've clearly grown as a person and it's just inspiring to see you someone who could make every excuse and everybody understand and, and you know not even think twice about it but you have decided to overcome every single fucking obstacle in your way and enjoy life while you're doing it, man, and still continue to pursue your passion in music. And you deserve that acknowledgement, bro. You do. Thank you. And I might say, since this is a special episode... I wasn't setting you up, okay? I but I want to say this to everybody tuning in. Guys, this is episode 150 with Sherman in the booth. This man has interviewed so many people. He's grown so many, so many years ahead yeah. of what he's got going on. And um, I am proud of you. Thank you, I'm Alex. proud of everything you're doing from one Jewish guy to another Jewish guy. Wow. Congratulations. You yes, I had cry to go now. There. I had yeah. to go there. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like you, you really are. You make people very comfortable. You're so easy to... Do you have fun? I did. I've been sitting here. I couldn't even tell how much time was <laughs> going fast, you know? But seriously, I, I, I really want to acknowledge you as well. I think you got Thank an amazing you, brother. product. You're an amazing person yourself. Come here. Come here. Hug it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, buddy. This is great. Oh, yeah. Episode 150. Episode 150. Which camera are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs>